Starks. They are going to bring pressure again. Rogers is going to roll away. Throws it up in the air. Says a prayer. And Chance does it. He's out. Oh, please. What a catch. That's insane. Oh, my. That may be one of the great throws ever made. Moving to his left. Can the receivers get part of downfield? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. A game ender for the Packers. Giants looking for a stop. They're going to air it out. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone. Come. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Man, who does that better than Aaron Rodgers? Welcome to the Rodgers Hail Mary podcast. My mission statement is to bring you weekly bold predictions for the Green Bay Packers, the NFL, and maybe even a little college football, which actually might be this week, big game this week. I am your host, Nathan Spooner, and I would like you to consider this thought. Bowl predictions, they're kind of like Hail Marys. Sometimes you just have to throw them out there and pray they come to completion. The only difference is Aaron Rodgers' Hail Marys are a little more accurate than my predictions. And so far, we found that out through our first six episodes. This is now episode seven. Week seven of the NFL is coming up. The Green Bay Packers are on a bye week and week six brought us a little more excitement than we actually probably wanted as Packer fans, to be honest. We came in face to face the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football and let me tell you, that was exciting. Before I get into the whole air, whole debate and all the areas and where the Packers were not good on Monday night, I just had to take a few minutes Monday night and Tuesday morning and ignore all the hate that was going on around on Packers Twitter and just enjoy the win as a fan. You just got to do it that way. A win is a win. And when Aaron Rodgers does what he did Monday night, you have to just take it all in and enjoy it. Because who knows what we're going to have after Rodgers. And I'm not the only one that thinks this way. So we got to enjoy it. And that's what I had to do. I didn't. I tried not to listen to any podcasts or any opinions about what how bad the Packers were, how bad they're going to be because we didn't look good against this bad team, how bad we're going to look against good teams. I just wanted to enjoy the win. But now we have to look into reality. So let's recap some of our predictions from week six and what we thought was going to happen. So up first, we have what Aaron Rodgers, what we had Aaron Rodgers doing and what he did do. We had Aaron Rodgers going for 400 yards and four touchdowns, and I said he would get three touchdowns in the first half. And it was looking... Pretty darn good there at first. He 
led that first drive and is very close that time Montgomery touchdown the very first one could have been very close to being a pass I don't know why it wouldn't be a pass really barely throws it even behind him that's a pass you would have to say you, you wouldn't call that a handoff or even a pitch that was a pass but nonetheless so that one didn't count towards his total but Aaron Rodgers went for 425 yards and two touchdowns on the game that's pretty good 425 yards so we got that right that he would go over 400 yards but he didn't get the four touchdowns then we look at Aaron Jones what we had him doing we had him going over 100 yards thought this could be the game the Packers did get out to a lead but I think part of the reason why they gave up the lead and why they weren't as successful is there were a couple of drives where they just went straight past the Packers did and they abandoned the running game for no apparent re reason when they did have the lead there in the second quarter. So Aaron Jones only had eight carries for 41 yards and zero touchdowns. So the one rushing touchdown was Ty Montgomery we already alluded to as the backwards pass uh, from Rodgers. They're the very first touchdown. Then we have, uh, we said Devontae Adams would go over 100 yards and two touchdowns. And we nailed it. Nailed it. He had 10 catches on 16 targets, mind you. And most of those were Aaron Rodgers just getting rid of it to avoid a sack over his head out of bounds. Or the last one to just take time off the clock for Mason Crosby. And let me just say, that was ingenious, by the way, for McCarthy or Rodgers, whoever made that call, to take a few more seconds off the clock. There's six seconds on the clock. And just quickly throw it out of bounds one more time so that we don't have to kick the ball off again. It was smart. It's a good idea. So that's also uh, was credited as a target to Devontae Adams, who had then 10 receptions, 132 yards, and the two touchdowns. The clutch tying touchdown and Aaron Rodgers' first touchdown of the, of the game earlier in the first quarter. Then we said Jimmy Graham would get a touchdown. He did not, but he did have five receptions for 104 yards, a 20.8 average. He had a long of a 54-yarder. So we're starting to see Jimmy Graham get a little bit more comfortable. You could see a couple times, even the one catch that Rodgers pumped two or three times on that for that first down uh, after he eventually got it to Graham, that uh, he wanted Graham to do something different than what he was doing, but he still was able to get to him. There was uh, another pass to Graham where he could have um, gone inside away from the outside defender, and that's where Rodgers threw it, but Graham didn't go there. It was an incomplete, and I believe that brought up third down, actually. It didn't bring up fourth down yet. I don't think that was a third down play. Um, just rewatched it, and I still can't remember. So he had a good game. Then we had... Marquez Valdez Gantling also get 103 yards. We had three guys go over 100 receiving yards on the game, and uh, that was very impressive. And Scantling on three receptions, he had one, the big one at the very first play of the game for 60 yards. And uh, by the way, going back to Aaron Jones, too, I think that was so close to being a touchdown. Probably should have been a touchdown. Maybe he should have done a little more to make it a touchdown. I believe, I guess, the ruling on the field is was correct, um, but still would have liked that to be a touchdown in two plays like like so, like they did. 
but we got the touchdown nonetheless on the next play or a couple plays later. Then we had, actually that was our prediction. We had MVS going for 100 yards and a touchdown as well. He didn't get the touchdown, but he did get the 100 yards. So we're, we're doing pretty good actually here today, at least getting at least getting one out of the two predictions we've made with these guys. We said Jim Graham would get a touchdown. He did not. Um, moving on to defense, I had Josh Jackson and Oren Burks getting inter- their first career interceptions. They did not. But as we know, Kevin King got his first career interception instead. I didn't realize he hadn't had an interception. I guess I wasn't paying that close attention before that he didn't even have one yet. I'm sure I knew it. It just has been, he's in a second year now. You just forget about those kind of things. Um, And then I had Lowry, Gilbert, and Daniels all recording sacks. And we actually didn't get that much pressure on C.J. Beathard. Kenny Clark had a sack. And Clay Matthews had a sack. We had two sacks in the game. We had four QB hits. So it wasn't all that impressive of an effort again by our pass rush. And that's the problem. We made we made CJ Beathard look better than he is because we had no pass rush. Granted, he does get the ball away quickly. I told you guys to watch out for CJ Beathard. He's no slouch. He's not some bum. In fact, he's probably better than the backup quarterbacks we've had at Green Bay last year and this year. And uh, like I said, he's a poor man's Alex Smith. So he's got the talent. He, he's he got the ability to get that ball away and avoid some of those pressures and those sacks. And um, he came out to ball. Okay, I don't think defensively we should feel bad. Um, too bad. And that's another thing I would like to get to actually. And let's just get to it now. Our defense is giving up a lot, yes. But everybody in the NFL is giving up a lot. I was listening to uh, the Dave Damashek football program podcast. And he was talking about the same thing with uh, David Carr and Maurice Jones-Drew. And everybody in the NFL is giving up lots of yards and lots of points. But what has our defense done for us? They actually haven't given up that many touchdowns. They're holding teams to field goals. And then when it counts, they're stopping teams and getting the ball back for Rodgers. That's all we can ask of them to do, right? How many times in the past years has our defense not been able to get the ball back to Rodgers with at least, and if they have, with enough time? So they are doing that this year. They did it twice. They shut down the 49ers after they kicked their last field goal. I believe they had three more possessions and they just got shut down. The one was the pick by Kevin King. And then after that, twice, we shut them down on a three and out deep in their own territory to get us favorable field position. So our defense is doing an okay job. Yes, you'd like to see a little bit better from our safeties. Kentrell Bryce got burned again a couple times and... Uh, Tremont Williams got burned uh, on a touchdown to Goodwin, but that's just a fast guy. You're going to get burned once in a while. And maybe that doesn't happen if we have Jair Alexander in there. So, And then we, when we get Bashar Breeland hopefully back up to the bye week. I'm not too worried about our defense. They're going to give up a lot of yards, but what you can't do, you have in the, this day's NFL, you have to have the bend, don't break mentality. Just don't break. Either get that one sack or that crucial stop 
to keep them just on a field goal range or just on the part of field goal range where it's a 50 to four, long 40 yarder, then your defense is doing its job. Who cares if they gave up, uh, started at the 20, 25 and gave up 25 to 35 yards or 40 yards to the offense and then they stop them. That's okay with me. That's okay with seeing these guys gash big runs on us if that's what we're going to give up. Now, I think I spent a little bit more time on that just because it is the bye week. And so we got a little less to cover here today. Let's go ahead and now move away from the Packers game. It was a great game. And before I do, I will also say congratulations to Mason Crosby for getting his groove back and us as Packer fans are grateful to him. And me personally, I never lost faith in the guy. I was not one of those calling for him to be cut. So I'm glad he got it all back together. All right, so now let's move away from that. And let's just recap a little bit of our season-long predictions that we've done. Back, if you don't ha- didn't hear those or don't know what I'm talking about, you have to go back and listen to pre-seasons, episodes 1 two, and three. In the preseason episodes, I talked about what I was projecting each position group to be able to do and covered not every player, but some of the key players in those position groups. And now I'm only going to look at the offense and see where we stand and what they're projected to do after six weeks heading into the bye. So let's look at Aaron Rodgers first. I predicted that he would go over 4,500 yards. Oh, I said it at the time. I believe he's only gone over 4,500 yards one time. I didn't go back and look that up again to find out for sure, but I'm sure you guys can do that for yourself. So going over 4,500 yards would be an achievement. And at this time, and by the way, all my projection stats are from NFL.com. And from the uh, NFL.com fantasy site, I just went to what they have set as projected stats for these players. So Aaron Rodgers projected to get 4,714 yards passing this year. Good for, based on the projections of the rest of the quarterbacks in the league, good for fifth among the quarterbacks. Then I predicted that he would go over 45 passing touchdowns. According to the projections, he's only projected to get 31 touchdowns, which would be good for ninth among the rest of the NFL quarterbacks and what they're projected to get. Then I projected that, uh, predicted that he would get, go under 10 interceptions, which is fairly common for him. And uh, right now he's projected to throw seven interceptions. And so, so far we're looking pretty good on the yardage. Not on the touchdowns because he's basically just averaging two touchdowns a game. It's not exactly what we've been we're hoping for going into this year. Um, we we're hoping that he'd be hot and on fire, but it just hasn't been that way. The injuries I think has hurt him a little bit, and injuries to his receivers, and also a lack of chemistry with Jimmy Graham and even Geronimo Allison, maybe even a little bit. And of course, the rookies, and just not be able to practice during the week. So that's kind of hurt his touchdown stats for sure, because we have looked terrible in the red zone. Then we had some other predictions there. We won't cover all, all those numbers there for the passing game. Let's move on to the running game. I predicted, and this is looking like a really, really, really dumb prediction now, 
But I predicted that Jamal Williams would be a 1,000-yard rusher this year. Um, Yeah, yeah, I know. Bad idea. But according to the projections on NFL.com, Williams is projected to lead the team in rushing yards this year, going for 771 yards, and Aaron Jones for 493 yards. But that's not because Aaron Jones is less of a running back than Jamal Williams, or Williams is not better than Jones. It's because... Mike McCarthy won't give Aaron Jones the freaking ball. Come on, man. That's all I'm just going to say about it, okay? Give Aaron Jones the ball more than eight times, okay? Thank you. All right. Now, rushing touchdown leader. I had Aaron Jones leading the team in rushing touchdowns with eight. That's not going to happen according to NFL.com projections and my if I were to adjust my projections down as well. Aaron Jones is projected to get four rushing touchdowns and Jamal Williams to get three, in case you're curious. I had one last thing with the running game, which is just with the running back group, I guess you would say, actually, because it's part of the receiving game. But the receiving yards leader for running backs, I had Ty Montgomery going over 300 yards and leading that, that group. And he's actually projected to get 373 receiving yards. So we're looking pretty good there. Now let's move on to the wide receivers and tight ends group. And I predicted that... Devontae Adams and Geronimo Allison would both go over a thousand yards. And I honestly think this would have happened. Adams is projected, though, let's look at that first, to go get 1,376 yards. And Geronimo Allison is projected now to go to get just 740. And Graham is actually projected to get 832. And the reason I bring that up is because I did ask the question to. Twitterverse and the po- I had a poll for this if the, there would be two 1,000 yard receivers I felt strongly that there would be but with the injuries to Allison and Cobb they were the two higher candidates to be able to do that but Allison I think really would have been able to do it if he hasn't been injured for these last couple games so he's projected to get 740 if we're going to look at his actual current stats he currently has 289 receiving yards so not too good that uh, he's missed these games because he could have really and I think my projection for that too, I have him being a breakout candidate of the year at the wide receiver position. I still think that's going to be the case. So if he gets healthy, technically guys, there's still 10 games left, lots of game time to go. He could still put on a show as long as he stays healthy. Then I had Devontae Adams being our touchdown re- leading receiver. And uh, he is projected to get 12 touchdowns currently He is tied for first in the NFL with six, and he's projected to finish tied in the NFL as well with those 12 with Antonio Brown and Tyreek Hill. By the way, his yardage projection is going to be, would be good for finishing sixth in the NFL in receiving yards. So Adams is projecting this year to be a top three, top four NFL wide receiver. Then I also have, uh, Devon, I just threw in here, um, Graham. Is projected to only get four touchdowns because I predicted that Adams and Graham both would go over 10 touchdowns. So we're going to get one of those right. Then in case you were wondering and you don't feel like looking it up for you, I'll tell you. Remember I had, I'll go back and tell you, Aaron Rodgers projected to get 4,700 yards passing. He's currently at 1997 and 12 touchdowns and just one interception. Jamal Williams is currently leading the group with 224 yards and Aaron Jones with 188. So I guess you could actually look at it this way is that he's actually catching up to Aaron Jones with a lot less touches. 
lot less carries. And Devontae Adams currently has 557 yards and six touchdowns. Jimmy Graham currently has 349 and a touchdown. Allison also has two touchdowns, and I mentioned his yardage already. So we're not going to go look at the defense today. We're just going to take it from there. And so far, our year-long predictions are looking 50-50. Now, since it's the Packers' bye week, we don't have a game day prediction for them. But we still are going to do our pick six segment, so let's take a look at that now. On second down from the Minnesota 25, second and six, snap to Favre, has time, pump fake, now, hit as he throws, through it, left side, it's intercepted, down the right sideline, it's Desmond Bishop to the house, a pick six, 32-yard return, touchdown Green Bay! C.J. Wilson taking Brett Favre to the ground as he threw it, Desmond Bishop with the pick six. All right, this is the pick six segment, and let's go back and take a look at how we did last week. We are, before this week, we were sitting at 11, 11, and 1. So I think we improved our record here. So let's take a look at it and go through the rundown. I had, first of all, the Dolphins versus the Bears. And let me tell you guys, I called it the Bears going down to Miami. I just didn't feel comfortable about that. At the time, I didn't even know Brock Osweiler would have been quarterback. Otherwise, I probably would have gave the pick to the Bears. But I had the Dolphins, and I ended up being right. The Bears lose 31-28 to in overtime, allowing Brock Osweiler. Let me repeat that. I didn't make a mistake. I didn't misread anything. It's not Ryan Tannehill. It was Brock Osweiler beat the Bears. Guys, there's no reason to be scared of this Bears team. We can respect them, but we don't have to fear them. Keep that in mind when you talk about your rivals. You show them the respect that they deserve, but you don't have to be afraid of them. And I'm going to say the same thing about the next one, the Minnesota Vikings. I They came in to play Sunday to play the Cardinals, and I called it. They would beat the Car- Cardinals, and they did beat the Cardinals 27-17. to But again... Let's respect the Vikings, but let's not fear the Vikings, okay, guys? I think these guys are vulnerable. I think we have matchups that we can exploit against them one head-to-head. Then, the blowout of the week and the one of the games that we nobody saw coming was the Jaguars and the Cowboys. I had the Jaguars winning this game, and I was wrong. The Cowboys shellacked the Jaguars 40 to seven. So my Super Bowl pick right now from the AFC is not looking too hot. They're three and three, but they play in the AFC South. So nothing to worry about as far as them making the playoffs for sure. Then I had the Redskins over the Panthers and I was right on that one. Redskins beat the Panthers 23 to 17. This Redskins team is sneaky good guys. Um, I don't think we have to feel bad about losing to them either. I know we looked bad in that game as a team, but the Redskins... They just win scrappy games. They're a scrappy team. And that's exactly the kind of quarterback Alex Smith is. Then I had the Buccaneers beating the Falcons. And they did not. I got that one wrong. The Falcons won 34-29. And then lastly, for the sixth game, I had the Packers beating the 49ers. And I had it 41-13. Ouch. But we still won 33-30. So that brings my year-long record up to 15 
13 and 1. So things are looking up, guys. Now, if you remember, the Lions and the Saints were on by last week, so we didn't have games for them and for our first round pick watch. So let's go ahead and now look forward to week seven. The Packers are on a bye, but we're still going to do these picks here. And so first, we have the Patriots and the Bears. That's going to be a noon game, Central Time, 1 Eastern, in Chicago. The Patriots are favored by three points in this game. And guys, I like me them odds. I'm going to take the Patriots in this one. I think the Patriots come into Chicago, and their defense is actually going to do okay Pretty good against the Bears offense. And Tom Brady is going to look good. They're going to see what Brock Eisweiler was able to do against this defense. And they'll be able to duplicate it, if not do better. So that's why I have the Patriots winning this game. And the Bears will fall to 3-3. Three and three. Then I have the Dolphins and the Lions. Game here. The Lions and the Dolphins play at 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 Central Time. The Lions are 2.5 point favorites in this game. However, in Miami, again, goes another NFC North team. This time, it's a dome team. This time, the outcome is going to be similar. I have the Dolphins winning this game as well. I think that they can do it. Now, I take take this with a grain of salt because there's a very big chance that Brock Osweiler comes back down to earth very quickly in this next game and looks nothing like he did in the last game. And he just stinks up the place. And the Lions blow out the Dolphins or something like that. Or it's a close game and Brock Osweiler just screws up the game at the end of the game. But I like this Dolphins team. I like this offense when I was watching that Bears game on Sunday. I like um, their wide receiver core. It all looks pretty good. So I think the Dolphins can pull this one out. Then the Vikings and Jets also play at 1 Eastern noon Central Time. So all three NFC North teams playing at the same time. So you're going to have to get your NFL red zone or make a flip a coin to decide which one you want to watch. In my area, it'll the Bears game will for sure be on CBS and the Vikings game and Lions game, it could go either way for my area since I'm about an hour east of Chicago in Indiana. So um, I might just end up watching the Bears-Patriots game because I wouldn't mind watching the Bears lose. But for the Vikings and Jets, the Vikings are three-point favorites. And I do have them winning this one. So with them winning, although the Jets have looked pretty good offensively, and the Vikings defense hasn't looked all that good, I still think the Vikings will pull this one out. So after the week seven, you'll have the Vikings in first place in the division at 4-2-1. and one. The Bears at 3-3 three and three in third place in the division. The Packers... Still in second place. Now for a first pick watch, first round pick watch. The Saints and the Ravens play each other. And that is a 4.05 Eastern time start. 3.05 Central. And the Ravens are two and a half point favorites. The Ravens are 4-2 and two and the Saints are 4-1. and one. Both teams have been pretty decent. The Ravens defense has been one of the best in the NFL actually this year. Better than the Jaguars as far as points allowed goes at least. And I'm still going to go ahead and take the Saints on this one. I'm done picking against them. I'm done hoping that they're going to blow this season and give us uh, a high draft pick. No, this Saints team is pretty good. And they're one of the best teams in the NFC actually right now. So I think they pull this one out and continue to prove that as being the case. So Saints win over the Ravens. 
Then Eagles over the Panthers is what I have. The game is noon Central Time, 1 Eastern. Eagles are four and a half point favorites. Eagles are three and three. Panthers three and two. And I have the Eagles taking this one. I agree with that. Eagles beat the Panthers, and they're going to be on the fast track to to uh, compete hard and overtake the Redskins for the NFC East. However, the Redskins are going to say not so fast. That's my next game. Cowboys at Redskins. 325 Central Time start, 425 Eastern. Washington are, is two-point favorites. Redskins 3-2, Cowboys 3-3. Three three. Now, the Cowboys looked really, really good against the Jaguars. I haven't gone back and watched any of that game, actually. I only caught even just a couple highlights. I didn't even caught the full game highlights yet um, of that game. So, I don't really know what happened. I haven't heard anybody really talk about it yet. I've kind of been only in Packer mode and Michigan State mode, by the way, which is coming up uh, this week is a big one, and that's one of our predictions we're going to cover. So I have no idea why the Cowboys were able to do that, but I think the Redskins defense is pretty good and they're going to do a decent job at home and they're going to beat the Cowboys. So those are pick six, but let's go ahead and kick an extra point and give you some college football prediction. Yes, that's right. It is Michigan versus Michigan State week, the biggest rivalry in the state of Michigan. And Myself, I'm a big Spartan fan, grew up a Spartan. It's the one team that my dad raised me to be a fan of. He kind of let me choose on the other ones, and I'm glad I was able to choose the Packers for that. But Spartans are in my family blood, and they got a tough matchup. Last week, they're come, they came off a big upset over Penn State, 21-17. to And... Outside of a couple big runs, our run defense held up strong. They allowed two long runs, but without those two long runs, they allow just 2.3 yards per carry. So they are the number one rush defense in the in college football. And they're coming up against one of the, I believe, the second best rushing offense in college football in the Wolverines. So it's going to be a close game through and through. Nobody's going to get blown out in this game. Nobody's going to have... Trouble with the snap. I doubt that's going to happen this game. Well, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State's Jalen Watts-Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. But I do see, and keep an eye out, Packer fans, and just in general football fans, for Michigan State's wide receiver, Felton Davis. If you haven't been paying attention to our Spartans, keep an eye out for him. This guy's going to be an NFL stud. So watch out for him. Felton Davis the third, And so I'm going to take my Michigan State Spartans to beat the Michigan Wolverines 24-21. to 21. So that's the extra point there to go with our pick sins. Broncos one of three on third down conversions. Orton shifts into the shotgun, setbacks left and right. Packers and Nickel. Larson to the left, McGahee to the right. Here's the snap. Orton looking, throws the left side. Packers and Woodson down the sideline to the end zone. Touchdown, Charles Woodson. Okay, that was our pick six segment. And we are... 
out of time here today. So thank you for tuning in and listening to the Rogers Hail Mary podcast, episode seven, the bye week for the Packers. And remember, guys, we still got 10 more games to go. It's going to be a long season. We can still get things together on offense, and we can still have a good year. I'm not going to personally talk about Mike McCarthy and his job or any of that kind of stuff until necessary um, because nothing's going to happen now. So in the meantime, let's just cheer for our Packers to have a good year and to make a Super Bowl run. I don't care who our coach is if we're making a Super Bowl run, okay? If we make a Super Bowl run, that's all I want as a Packer fan. So I'm going to try to keep things as positive as possible and as real as possible at the same time. I'm trying to keep it real with you guys. All right, so go check us out on Twitter, at 12 Hail Mary, and on Facebook. Follow us over there. Subscribe to the podcast. Like us. Review us. Share us. Give us five stars on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And we thank you for listening. And on Victory Week, remember, go Pack Go. Hunter Bradley, the snap. J.K. Scott down on one knee. Arm extended. Here it is. Placement made. Kick is up. It is good. good. He is good.